Happy Sabbath. Happy Mother's Day. And if you come to hear a Mother's Day sermon, I apologize ahead of time. You won't be hearing Mother's Day sermon. I apologize. But you will hear the love a mother has for their son. Amen? Amen. The title of my sermon is called Mental Help. Mental Help. You see, we celebrate Cinco de Mayo on Wednesday, and we celebrate Mother's Day on Sunday. But this whole month is considered Mental Health Health Month. And you see, if you didn't know that, mental health is running ragged nowadays. Everybody's going crazy, shooting people, killing people, all type of foolishness. It, it's crazy. So I, th I think as a church, we need to, to be able to understand people when they come through the doors, what mental health is and how we address them. Amen? Amen. So globally, there are more than 322 million people who suffer from depression. 264 million suffer from anxiety, sorry, from anxiety disorders, many of whom live with both conditions. At worst, depression can lead to suicide. Teen suicide is disturbingly high in many countries of the world today. Reporting 25% of high school students consider suicide each year. Suicide is the second leading cause of death among the youth ages 15 to 29 years of, years of, years of age. Depression is the leading cause of disability worldwide and is a major contributor to the overall burden of disease. The risk of becoming depressed is increased by something that I know very well, poverty, unemployment, life events such as death of a loved one or a relationship breakup, physical illness and problems caused by drug and alcohol abuse. Struggling with mental health does not make you less of a Christian or less than a person. In fact, nobody is less than a person if they have any type of mental illness. Each individual is made in God's image. Each person is fearfully and wonderfully made. You see, the Bible does not specifically refer to the topic of mental health. However, it does speak a lot about a person's emotions, their mind, their soul, and their heart. Mental health is an extremely important topic that all people need be, need be familiar with today. You see, often in the past, there's some beliefs that taught that mental health problems were directly, were directly related to Satan and as, as a result of demonic possession. However, this is not true. Many people struggle with mental health problems today, but it, but it does not mean they're possessed, nor does it mean they are not saved. Believer or unbeliever, if you struggle with mental health, you are not alone. So there are two things we want to describe trying to define today. Anxiety. You think about what is anxiety? Anxiety. Anxiety disorders are characterized by a feeling of anxiety and fear, including generalized, general, generalized anxiety, panic disorders, phobias, social anxieties, and uh, obsessive compulsive disorders. And here's some more examples of anxiety. If you have excessive worry, you have anxiety problems. If you're too restless, anxiety. If you're too irritable, anxiety. Muscle tension, anxiety. If your kids have trouble concentrating in school, it's anxiety. What is depression? depression? Depression disorders are characterized by sadness, loss of interest and pleasure, feelings of guilt or low self-worth, disturbed sleep or appetite, feelings of tiredness and poor concentration. Depression can lead to long-lasting or be, or be more recurrent. At its most severe, depression can lead to suicide. 
So what are some examples of depression? Lack of interest in enjoyable activities. I don't want to go outside and play. I don't want to play any video games. Increasing appetite. Well, what's wrong? You don't want to eat or you're eating too much. Lack of energy. I don't, I don't feel like doing anything. Or feeling guilt or worthlessness. You see, when I was in the sixth grade, I gave a lot of trouble. A lot of trouble. You will, you will not believe. Ask my mom. I was constantly in trouble in the sixth grade. And I remember this particular day that I, that I walked into the cafeteria. I walked into the cafeteria, and I walked in the cafeteria, and I got my tray, and I sat down with a group of guys that I normally sit down with. Back then, we used to ride skateboards. I was, I was, a, I was a big skater. I love riding skateboards. And I sat down, and one of the guys that day decided he wanted to pick a fight with me. Why? He said to me, what are you going to do, man? Get your brothers? I said, man, I don't need my brothers to fight you. I could be bad by myself. He said, well, okay, man, after school, man, after school. I said, fine, after school. So I walked out of the cafeteria thinking to myself, Lord, what did I get myself into? What did I get myself into? It's, it's, it's just Tuesday, and I've already been in trouble three times this week. So I walked to class, get to class, get to eighth period class, it's social studies. I'm there in class. I'm thinking to myself, what am I going to do? How am I going to get myself out of this? Well, in 15 minutes for the bell ring, because I was checking my Casio, and the bell rang. Somebody caught that Casio. <laughs> so the bell rings, and I grab my bag, and I walk to my locker. And at my middle school, which is down the street, shout out to Brandenburg Middle School, down the street, I grabbed my bag, and I went to, at that time, I went to my locker, and I took the things out of my locker. And at the time, we had a payphone next to the principal's office. And I went to the payphone and I picked up the phone and I pretended like I was calling my mom. I didn't, I didn't want to fight. I didn't want to fight. I said, I said, Ma, can you come and get me, please? Please come and get me. So I, I wanted people walking by to hear me talk to my mom because I didn't want to fight. And then one guy comes up beside me and says, come on, man, we got to go. I said, hey, man, I'm talking to mom. He said, come on, man, we got to go. I said, bro, my mom's coming to get me. He said, come on, man, we got to go. Well, he had the eye of the tiger. I didn't have it yet. <laughs> he didn't have it. I didn't have it yet. So I, I got courage, and I walked outside. And I looked left, I looked right. I looked down at the church. There's about a 1,000 kids down there waiting on me. As I'm walking to the church, I'm saying, dear Lord, please, help me beat this guy up. If I beat this guy up, I promise you, I'll never fight again. Never fight again. So I walked down to the church, and I dropped my backpack. We get toe-to-toe, -to -toe, squared up, toe-to-toe. -to -toe. And somebody comes behind me and pushes me into him. So boom, we start fighting. Wah, 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 wah. Now, kids, don't fight. Don't fight. If you must fight, fight on your knees and let the door fight your battle for you. Don't fight. Don't be like me. But I was fighting, though. You know what I'm saying? Bam, bam. And so somebody said, the principal's coming. The principal's coming. So I jumped up off the guy, and I ran. I was scared. And he comes up behind me and says, oh, man, you won. You won. I said, I did? He said, yeah, man, you won. I'm like, yeah, man, I won. So I grabbed my skateboard, and I started skating home. Wow. Wow. 
felt like a genie on a magic carpet. I mean, you're saying, you couldn't tell me nothing. And I got home, and I did everything I, I wasn't supposed to do. What do you mean? I did my homework. <laughs> I cleaned my room. I made my lunch. I ironed my clothes. My dad said, you press your pants? We used to have, my dad said, if you iron your pants, you must have a crease in your pants. So I made sure my pants had a crease in them. And that night my mom came home. She said, Junior, how was school today? Oh, it, it was fine, Mom. You do your homework? Yes. You clean your room? Yes. You make your lunch? Yes. She knew, no, she knew something was wrong. She knew something was wrong. <laughs> because normally she would tell me, do these things every single day. But this time, I've done it without being told to. So that night I went to bed. And I remember telling my brothers, I said, I said, guess what? Psst, guess what? What, what? what happened? I got into a fight today. They're like, what? You got into a fight? I'm like, yeah. What happened? Well, man, he did so and so and so and so. And he talked about my brothers. I wasn't taking that, so I beat the guy up. They're like, you really? Like, yeah. But my mom says, go to sleep. I said, yes, ma. That morning I wake up. I went to school. And I even brushed my teeth. I went to school. Because <laughs> sometimes, you know, you're 11 years old, you forget these things, you know? You're 11. So I went to school, I grabbed my skateboard, same thing. I'm like a genie on the magic carpet, yeah. Get to, get to school, fast forward, get to back to the lunchroom, the cafeteria. I grabbed my, no, cafeteria. Walked into the cafeteria, and the line was long. You see, back then, we only had one line in the cafeteria line. One line, not four or five, one. So I walked into the cafeteria, and this guy says to me, he said, hey man, aren't you that guy that beat up that guy yesterday? I said, yeah, that's me, that's, that's me. He said, you want to skip? I said, yeah, man, I'll skip. I appreciate it. And before you know it, I had skipped to the front of the line. They all let me skip. So I walked out of the cafeteria with my tray in my hand. I'm thinking to myself, where am I going to sit? Because I can't sit with these guys because we were fighting yesterday. So where am I going to sit? All of a sudden I hear, yo, Errol, come sit with us. It was the brothers. It was the big brothers. I'm like, yeah, come sit with us. So I grabbed my tray. And I went, over, I went over there and I sat down. They were dapping me up, man. Yo, good job, man. Good job. So I appreciate it, man. But what I didn't know was the brothers had sat behind the group of guys that I sat with yesterday. So I walked over there and I sat down. I could just feel a lot of negative energy coming on my back right now. So I put my, my tray down and I put on my screw face. And I turned and I looked at it like this. And when they saw me look, they turned their head like this. They started eating their food. I'm like, yeah, I ain't think so. But then the girls started hollering, hey, Earl, how you doing? Like, yeah, yeah, like, so I'm a hero now. I'm a, I'm a hero, Stuart, I'm a hero. Like, hey, Earl, how you doing? I'm like, good, what's up, good. But there was one girl, her name was Chantel. We called her Dandy Shandy. She was from Jamaica. She was, the, she was one of the only girls I knew my school from Jamaica. And she knew that my parents were Jamaican, so you know, you know, we had kind of like this unseen vibe. And she came to me, she said, hi, Earl. <laughs> I said, oh, hey, Danny Shandy. Like, oh. This is Danny Shandy talking to me. I said, oh, I, 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 I want to impress her. So I said, yo, wagwan be a bee. And she said, she said, oh, you can't chat, sir. I said, yeah, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. She said to me, walk me home. I said, sure, I'll walk you home, no problem. She said, okay, meet me at the front of the school when school's done, and I'll walk home with you. I said, cool, no problem. <sighs> so, Fast forward, we get to eighth period class. I'm sitting in class, and it's 15 minutes for the bell ring. Again, I'm checking my Casio, right? 15 for the bell ring. 
And then all of a sudden, I hear, beep, beep. Uh, is Earl Thomas in the office? I mean, is Earl Thomas in class? And she says, yes, he's here. She was just little. Her name was Miss Maddox. She said, yes, he's here. She said, send him to the office, please. She said, okay. Well, apparently, she heard about what happened the day before. And she said to me, she said, Sonny, you really done it this time. I thought I got away. So I pick up my bag. I walk to the office. And I'm sitting there. And the bell rings. And guess who's waiting for me at the front door? Dandy Shandy. And she says to me, Errol, what? I said, they, they got me. I can't and I can do about it. And I saw a look in her face. She kissed the teacher. She said, you see, I, I can't do it anymore. See, there was a time when I can do it really, really good. But one time my dad says, do, do something. And I kissed my teeth. And as you can tell, my, my lips and kiss, my lips don't kiss no more. So I can't kiss my teeth no more. <laughs> and so she, she walked out. And the principal said, Thomas, he said, man, get in here. So I walked in the office and I sat down. I was mad because Danny Cheney's gone. I was mad. He said, man, what's wrong with you? I said, man, I don't know. He said, man, it's the, it's, it's the fourth time this week. It's Wednesday. He said, you really did it this time, Thomas. You beat him up pretty bad. I said, okay, you know, whatever, it's cool. And he said, the mom wants to press charges. Press charges? Dude, I'm just 11 years old. I can't go to jail. He said, but I talked the mom out of it. So what I'm going to do, for, he said, what am I going to do? I said, man, just give me a paddle and get it over with. He said, no, paddling is too easy. He said, I'm going to suspend you. Three days, like, what? Three days. I'm like, no, you can't suspend me. Because my dad already warned me, if I get in trouble again, you're going to get it. So that day, I didn't skate home. That day was ball and chain. I walked like this home all the It's like it took forever for me to get home. And then when I got to my street, my mom was home. I looked down, and now I thought, oh my gosh. So as I got closer, I noticed the, door, the front door was open because I can hear Oprah Winfrey coming out the front door. It was 4 o'clock. And I walked over to the car, and I waved my hand over the hood because if it was hot, she had just got home. If it was cool, she, I mean, she's home waiting on me. So she just got home. I had time to run inside the house and put on sweats over my jeans because I was going to get it. Walked inside the house. That door was creaking. I tried to ease on in the house. And the door. All of a sudden I heard, Junior? Oh, no. She said, boy, come here. She said, boy, what's wrong with you? It's the fourth time this week, and it's just Wednesday. And I just started, what, what, what happened? Uh, well, uh, I, just started, I just started crying. I couldn't take it. I started crying. I, I bawled. I, I, I cried. But you know what? She reached out to me, and she, and she grabbed me, and she pulled me into her. She said, Junior, I don't send you to school to go fight. I send you to school to go learn. You see, my mom could have picked up the Bible, and she could have beat me over the head with it, but she didn't do that. Instead of, she could have, she, but she said, she told me how much she loved me, how much she cared for me, and, and, and wanted me to do well in school. She said, Junior, all I ask you to do is go to school, make good grades, and behave yourself. She said, can you do that? I said, yes, I, 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 I could do that. She said, okay. But see, what you don't realize, at the time, my mom was going through a mental health breakdown herself. She was sick. 
she, had, she has a thing called lupus, and every year it would flare up. And so sometimes she'd be hospitalized, and sometimes she, she wouldn't be. We don't know if she's good or she's not, but in her darkest moment, she found, time, she found the time to console me and, and shed light on my, on my darkest moment. That was the mental help that I needed at the time. A kind word and a hand on my shoulder. You see? But, but imagine, imagine how Jesus felt. You see, you see, Jesus told the disciples two days before the Passover that the Son of Man will be given up to be crucified. What do you mean, Jesus? I'm, what, do you, what do you mean? What are you trying to tell us? He said, look here. I'm sending you to a certain man's house in a certain city. I want you to have the Passover feast at his house. He said, okay, fine. So this is, this is in, so if you don't mind, turn your Bibles to with me to Matthew 26. Matthew 26, sorry. Matthew 26. So Jesus is at the house for the Passover feast. And he tells them, I think it's verse 36, he tells them, he said, look, one of you guys is going to betray me. And so the Bible says that all the disciples felt sorrowful at that time. They're like, well, what do you mean? What do you mean? Who is it? Is it me? Is it me? Is it I? He's like, no, it is he who dips his hand in the plate the same time as I. And then the Bible, then he says, the Bible said that Jesus said, he looks at Judas and tells him, it would have been better if you wouldn't have been born, bro. Then Judas says to him, yeah, man, it was me. I did it. What are you going to do about it? I'm like, I'm like, really, bro? Really? And then the Bible says they went, ahead, they went ahead and had the Passover feast. And the Bible says at the, after the feast, they sang, they sang hymns. They, sorry, they didn't look up here and see. I don't say nothing wrong. I don't want to say, oh, elder said so and so and so and so. No, it's coming from the Bible. <laughs> so here you go. So after they had the feast, they walked out. And Jesus told his disciples that all you guys will, be, will stumble because of me. He tells them this. And then Peter says, no, man, no, man, it's going to be all good. I'm not going to stumble. And then, then Jesus tells Peter, he says, Peter, you will deny me three times before the rooster crows. No, man, no, Jesus, I will, I will die for you. Really? Let's see what happens. Verse, verses, so, yeah, I will die for you. So, verse 26, and the Bible says that Jesus came into the garden. Remember now, Jesus' anxiety is already on high. His anxiety is on high because he, he knows he's going he's gonna to die in two days. How would you feel if somebody come and told you, hey, man, you're going to die in two days? How would you feel? Would you be happy or sad? Sad, yeah, come on, sad. You'd be very sad about it. Imagine somebody being put on death row. They, they, they know they're going to be electrocuted in two days and say, hey, man, what do you want to eat? What do you want to eat? You get your last will and test. What, what do you want to eat? Same thing. And then Jesus came to them in a place called the Garden of Gethsemane. Now, be very careful. This is where a transition takes place. You see, uh, he went to the garden to go pray. He said, look here. Stand here while I go pray real, real quick. He took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. And the Bible said that Jesus began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. We're talking about anxiety and depression. Jesus began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed, even, even to death. Sorry, he said, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even until death. He said, stay here with me and watch. 
So the Bible says he went a little further into the garden, and the Bible says that he fell on his face, praying, praying, saying, Oh, my father, it is possible. Let the cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I, but as your will. You see, the cup was a symbol of bitter suffering, which Jesus is now beginning to experience. Both Jesus' humanity and his dependence on his father are demonstrated in this passage. He suffered as any human in a sinful world and wished the agony would go away. But his trust in God's plan was absolute. Jesus' anxiety was high. He went into the garden to go pray to get the mental help that he needed. Why? Because it says right here, his trust in God's plan was absolute. You see, Jesus knew what was about to happen, but he didn't know how it was going to happen. You understand what I'm saying? So he, went to, he said he went to the Bible in the garden and he prayed not once, not twice, but three times. He prayed the same prayer three times. And each time he came out of the garden, he found his boys sleeping. Like, man, why? Look, I asked you to sit here and watch while I go and pray, and I come out and I find you sleeping? Really? The third time he goes in and comes out, he said, hey, wake up. Our deceiver's at hand. And he gets up and he walks out. But before he can walk out, they arrest him. And then Judas comes up to him and kisses him. And then Jesus calls him friend. If somebody deceived me, you think I'm going to call them friend? No. If somebody deceived you, you're going to call them friend? No. You're not going to call them friend. They're your enemy. The Bible says they get him, they arrest him, and then they take him down to the conference office in Alvarado. And he faces the conference officials. The whole time he's there, Jesus doesn't say a word. The only thing he says is, yes, it is say I am, you said. But they beat him, they fist him, they slap him. He doesn't say a word. If that was me, I'd be fighting back. I'm dead serious. If that was any of y'all, y'all be fighting back. Be real about it. Don't judge me. Y'all be fighting back too. <laughs> and while this, all this is going on, Peter is seeing this. He's seeing what's going on. And then when they take him out, Peter's following behind him to kind of see what's going on. He follow him. He follow him. Now all of a sudden, somebody says, I, I, I know you. I know you. You were that man who was with Jesus the other day. Peter says, no, nah, that wasn't me. It ain't me. No, wait, wait, wait. no, no, no. That is you. That, that, that is you. No, it's not me. That's not me. The third time, yeah, that is you. Then Peter starts cussing. I don't know that blankety blank, 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 blank. I don't know him. Don't look at me. He's in the Bible. He says he curses and swears. Then he says he runs and weeps like a baby. And Judas, our good friend Judas, goes back to the conference office, knock on the door. And Judas goes in there, and he gives them garland tithe money back. He said, I don't want your tithe money. And then Judas becomes one of the 322 million people who committed suicide. He couldn't take it anymore. He couldn't take it. He couldn't take it. Fast forward. They go, they put him on trial. Who do you want? Jesus or Barabbas? Where they yell, Barabbas, Barabbas, give us Barabbas. We don't want Jesus. And the whole time, Jesus says nothing. He didn't say a word until they put him on the cross. They put him on the cross. And what did he say when he put him on the cross? Verses, verse 45, 27. And he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That's the last thing he says. 
You see, Jesus saying, my God, my God, why do I deserve this? I've, I, I've done everything you asked me to do. Why do I deserve this? But you see, Jesus knew he was going to die, and he knew he was going to be born again, but he didn't know how it was going to play out. So from that, his anxiety, and the, his anxiety turned to depression, which caused him to yell out at the last minute, why, why, why? But we all know the story. Jesus dies, amen. He rose again the third day, amen, amen. And he went on to do exactly what he said he was going to do. But, but elder, but, but elder, what, but, but elder, what, 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 what do you mean? Elder, I, I get it, elder. You know, I understand what you were saying, elder, about how you beat that kid up, you know, and you, you, you prayed to God to help beat that kid up, and you beat the kid up, you went home to your mom, she consoled you. That was cool, elder. But, but elder, I haven't been to church in two years. You know, this COVID thing is, is, is crazy. It's going rampant. I haven't been to Sabbath school. I took my kids to AY. I can't watch, I can't watch West American Conference on TV because my internet's not working. Give me a word that I can use, that I can take home today, that I could use right now. Right now. Right now? Right now. And then I'll close. And the story goes. There was a man. I'm just going to read it. So with the custom of a... My glasses, sorry. <laughs> so it was the custom of the old man to sit outside the city walls. As he sat outside the city walls, he usually told sto- retelling stories of kids, you know, retelling, retelling stories to the kids about the old time. One hot summer day, a stranger stopped to visit for a few minutes with the old man who was entertaining his young friends. The stranger approached the old man and said, sir, I am thinking of moving my membership to your church. Tell me, sir, what kind of people attend here? Quickly, the old man replied, well, what kind of people go to church where you're from? He said, well, the people in my church are unkind, said the stranger. They cheat, they steal, and they lie. They speak badly of each other. I'm leaving that town because of the undesirable people who live there. Hmm. The old man gazed sadly at the stranger and and said, I'm sorry to inform you, but you will find the same type of people in this church. A short time later, another man came down the road toward the gate. He too stopped to chat. He said, my good man, I need to move to a town, sorry, move, move to a church just as yours. Tell me, sir, what type of people go to church here? The old man asked the same question. What kind of people attend the church where you're from? The, the man replied, the people in my church are, are good. They are friendly, courteous, and always looking for opportunity to do a good deed for someone. I truly hated to leave that town because of the warmth of the people. Sound like Garland, huh? Sound like Garland? Come on now. <laughs> he said, I had to leave because my work requires that I move. The old man clasped his hand of the traveler and said, you will find the same type of people in this church. Welcome to our church. The children sat in silence. Finally, one said to the old man, he said, why, sir, didn't you tell those men the truth? He said, you told one man that our people were bad and the other man that that they were good. The old man begged them to sit a while while he explained. He said, I did tell the truth. He said, you see, no matter where you go or what you do, 
you will find in other people just what you're looking for. You see, if you search for the good, that's what you'll find. If you look for anxiety and depression, that's what you will find. You see, the Bible tells us we should fill our mind with good things. The Apostle Paul urges us to think of the positive things rather than the negative. Paul states in Philippians 4, 8, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, noble, whatever is pure, whatever is right, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. So when you're at home and you're mad at the world because things are not going your way, and you're laying in your bed, be happy that when you wake up in the morning, you can open your eyes. Be happy that you can take that, that first breath when you wake up in the morning. Stop complaining. Be happy that you can turn around and get up out of bed to go to the bathroom and brush your teeth. Stop complaining because God already fights your battles for you. So whenever you feel anxiety, panic, or depression rising, again, think about the things that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, and excellent and praiseworthy. Even though your mental illness may not be cured during your lifetime, God will be with you through it all. Happy Sabbath. Let's bow our heads for prayer. <clears throat> May the Lord watch between me and thee while we're absent one from another. Keep us safe till we meet again here next week. In your name we pray. Amen.